So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Hello, and welcome to Everyday Connection Now with your hosts, Jean Victoria Norlock and Rick O'Shields, bringing your inner life to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this edition of Everyday Connection Now. I am Rick O'Shields, and far to my north, I have Jean Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jean? Good, Rick. Good. How are good. you doing? I'm doing pretty good. Awesome. Pretty good. Sitting here watching the lights and colors of the sunset play across the trees. It's kind of yummy, actually. Mm-hmm. It's a rough life. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. I should write a book, um, you know, Costa Rica on <clears throat> fixed income, or whatever. Except we have, <laughs> this, we have this uh, Indiegogo campaign that's just run, running right along, so perhaps not so so much longer, per, perhaps. <laughs> yes, people have been uh, exceedingly generous, but we'll take more. Of that generosity, we love it. The support is absolutely standing. Couldn't ask for better. It's fantastic. And if you if you look on the activity log there, it, you'll see some of the donators. And and then we have one that we probably should give a shout out to because they they give us so much support over the years. And, and just the Moose family donation, donation, donation. Yes, the Moose family, yes. Uh, yes. particularly the the head of the clan, Anon uh, Moose. And uh, his middle initial is I, uh, Y, I think, Anon Emus. Um, <laughs> and uh, and you can see also that Anon has given more than once. So, you know, if you feel led, feel free. Just put a little in there every day if you want. Um, but especially remember, share it with all of your friends. Uh, share it on your yeah, wall. Yeah, that's a big one. Uh, send it, with, yeah, send it to your friends and uh, and say, listen, this is... This show really turns me on, and we should support it because there's really nothing like this on the internet waves. We used to say airwaves, and we weren't really a radio show even when we used to say that, but podcast. Are they waves in the internet? Uh, well, it depends. Or is it streams? Not sure how that whole electricity thing works. I think they say streams often, and uh, mm-hmm. so much of it anymore is going uh, fiber optic and and occasionally satellite. We may be using satellites on tonight's call because uh, um, I'm really excited about tonight's guest. But I'm also it also just always turns me on when we have people like all around the world and we have a real international uh, intercontinental show uh, today, tonight, this afternoon, whatever, yes. now, we do. everyday connection. Now that's what we, we call do. it. And uh, because our guest, we have is, the. 
Huh? North covered, the south covered, and the middle covered. Yeah, I'm almost at the equator. I'm a little north of it, but I'm pretty close. And uh, so we've got the northern hemisphere, the southern hemisphere, and the, and the belt, and uh, multiple time zones. It's even, it's even two different days. So that's why we call it everyday connection now is we have trouble figuring out what time it is. This time is weird. Lost my watch. <laughs> Won't you be happy when this time thing's over with? Yeah, it's like, you know, because I, I'm certain of this, that that in our guest's location, your location, and mine, that it's now. That, that's the only thing I'm really kind of certain of is that it's now. And we tape shows Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. It's always now when we do it. You know, calendars and watches and times and TikTok. Silly. <laughs> silly, silly, silly. And we, we usually, I, I don't know of anything stunning that's happened in the news that we really particularly need to banner about tonight. We usually have some stunning thing, and, and uh, life's nothing. just been, kind of nothing. been bipping along. We got, uh, it won't apply by the time the show is posted, but it's a full moon, so that'll be fun. The hunter moon, I think it is, uh, with a little bit of a penumbral eclipse, and then this weekend, the Orionid, Orionid meteor shower peaks. And that's all I got, really, is, you know, take a moment to look up. Oh. <laughs> I do watch people walk around the street. They just don't ever look up. <laughs> that's where the ninjas hide is up above you because they know. You just don't, you know, we're working on a two-dimensional world. Nobody ever looks up. It's true. Yeah? It's very true. true. And uh, very true. up is a good place. I like look up. I see all these colors from the... The sun is actually set now, I think. Don't anybody with a, you know, an almanac get me that I might be a few minutes off. No emails. <laughs> so if we got nothing, should we? So if we got nothing, well, because we have an exciting guest yeah, Because we do. We have an exciting guest tonight that's going to have lots of stuff. And uh, uh, in, in keeping with our tradition of not having too long of a flowery uh, introduction. Um, you could just say that th this lady is uh, all about the mission. And um, joining us from uh, down under, Nicola Grace. How are you, Nicola? I'm great. Thank you. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah, it's great to be here. And I love the comment you made about time. Wouldn't it be great when time's over? Because we're in we're in three different time zones, but when we get together in these moments, we, we literally collapse time because, like you said, you know, it's now. But now's the time that we're having this connection. Right. And Absolutely. And the rest is just references, some way to know when, when which now to get together on or something. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm glad that you could join us in, uh, uh, tomorrow and... Uh, <laughs> Still today here, but we know the world's not going to end today because Nicholas got tomorrow under control. Exactly, always, yeah. Always <laughs> it's still going on. Aussie's <laughs> beautiful. So awesome. I have to remember that every time there's a doomsday prophecy. I'm just going to bring an Australian guest on the show and talk to them while the time changes. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, what happened tomorrow? Oh, business as usual. <laughs> it's a little boring and um, nothing exciting. <laughs> so, Nicola, we'll get started so that we can get all the yummy going. I really only have one question to start with, which is, who on earth are you and what do you do? <laughs> who on earth am I? <laughs> really great question. Who on earth am I? On earth, <laughs> um, I'm I'm here with a mission that, that comes from my heart and comes from a background of always having the rug pulled out from underneath, even when I thought I was on purpose. And And that mission is to transform the world into a better place and to help others find their particular mission in life to play their part in making a big difference and then, you know, create strategies for them to make sure that they can make it all happen. And I came about that, like I said, via a haphazard way of many serial entrepreneurial adventures. Sometimes I was making a lot of money, but I wasn't really doing anything that meant a lot to me. Other times I was doing something really meaningful, something I was passionate about, but not making a lot of money. And it wasn't until my I was 30 and I published my first self-help book. And after that tour, I fell sick and was told that I had leukemia and given an optimistic six months to live. And just after I came out of the devastation of that news, I, I went into further devastation and there was this little girl's voice that spoke out of my chest and she said, but I haven't done what I came here to do yet. I don't want to die. And that threw me into huge searing pain of regret and sadness. And it was a turning point for me because in, until that moment, I didn't realize there was this idea of that I was here to do something really specific or that I had a personal mission. And then I... I had this idea that surely if, if I hadn't done what I was here to do and, and there was something for me to do, that, that there, would, there must therefore be a way for me to survive. And I went into a, a miraculous and spontaneous healing a few hours later and then worked with a complementary medicines doctor and a naturopath to bring my health into full gear again and set about teaching transformation and awakening experiences. And then that led me to uh, to I was in the United States teaching for a course in Miracles International for about nine years and then traveling the world with that. And then I come back home. I'm actually from New Zealand, even though now I live in Australia. I truly traveled the world, lived, lived in all over. And uh, when I came back to New Zealand, I started a business that was uh, in alignment with having turned 40, having that midlife crisis, what am I going to do? And I thought, well, getting free facials every day sounds like a great idea. <laughs> but it wasn't my purpose, as it turned out. And so, of course, that fell underneath me. And it was during that time that I was offered an opportunity to speak in front of a whole lot of leaders of a billion-dollar industry that was the natural health industry of New Zealand. And they were facing legislation that was that was literally going to close them down. There would have been about one or two businesses out of 3,000 that would have been left standing because of this legislation. And for seven years, they fought it. But within six months with my mission strategy, we implemented some campaigns there and we were successful in defeating that legislation. And nobody had ever done that in history, uh, which was beat an incumbent government bill during peacetime. So we made history. And it was from there that I really looked at 
wow, th- I feel like this is what I'm supposed to be doing. I, I, I really feel like I'm supposed to be offering mission strategies to other people who want to make changes in the world and to help them find what their personal mission is because obviously it's something that I can do well. And it was the first time really that that I that I really connected with the fact that what I can do naturally or what it, what I was born to do was actually something that I was naturally able to do well. And the whole success of that strategy was that I used something called strategy with spirit. So I used my knowledge of transformation and working with the undefeatable laws of nature, I call them, the laws of physics that other people might call them, as well as really good strategies and, and putting those two together. That was the success of it. It was the whole reason why it was successful. Um, and then now duplicating that for other people. So I work now with change makers, social entrepreneurs, small business owners, politicians, the whole gamut, uh, not-for-profit organizations, to to help them find, well, what, are you, what is it you're supposed to be doing? Because when you find that, when you find that personal mission, you're also going to find your power or your mojo to make it happen, and we start there. Wow. There's wow. an answer, Jane. I don't... Uh, I'm a talker. Billion, oh Billion-dollar <laughs> industry fighting for seven years for its survival. No luck. Six months, Nicola. Yes. Sprinkled a little Six grace months. on them. Six months. Yeah. Straighten that out. Six months. Isn't that amazing? See, yeah. I don't know what's more miraculous, that success in business um, or the success in health. I mean, come on, man. It's yeah. not every day that somebody gets diagnosed with cancer of any kind and gets told that they're on their way out and then decides, well, that's not the game I want to play right now and just up and turns it around. Yeah. So, so I, I don't really know where to start with you. because <laughs> <laughs> We've stumped the journalists. <laughs> well, um, actually, it's one of the first, one of the first, very first things you said um, really caught my attention, and you kind of skimmed past it a few times during that dialogue. And I want to hone in on that because not just our listeners, but I'm sure Rick and I could also benefit a great deal from learning how you managed to overcome this sense of defeat when your purpose or what you believe to be your purpose fails and falls short of your vision of success how do you come back from that you know that is a really good question because you you do hit rock bottom and and the first time it happened to me it was dark in my mind and I'm used to a lot of light in my mind and a lot of creativity and always finding an answer and I had none. And in the, in, in the pivotal moment, it was a connection. I connected to a spirit within me that wanted to live because after that little girl had said, but I don't want to die, I spent a couple of hours screaming and crying and howling and, until I was exhausted and then his voice just bounced out of me again and said, I want to live. So it was really connecting to a life force within me that's greater than me 
that gave me the light back in my mind and some form of hope, well, there has to be a way. It's like if there is this life in me that still wants to come forward, there, there has to be a way. And what happened, like I, I had a miraculous awakening later on that afternoon that showed me that cancer started first in consciousness and that I had the ability to dissolve that consciousness and let it go if I choose. And and I said, well, gosh, if it's just a, an idea in my mind, I'm totally prepared to let that go. And then that's what brought me into some kind of spontaneous awakening. And then a series of events led me literally to a piece of paper on the ground with a doctor who's a complementary medicines doctor. He works in naturopathy and he has this system that he takes you through to totally overhaul your body called body electronics. And there was this piece of paper on the ground and I picked it up and, and I called the the, the uh, representative of this uh, technique and, and I went through that and that's what helped me restore my immune system and get me back into into full health and into a path of, you know, of, of really healthy consciousness as well as a healthy body, the healthy mind, body, spirit sort of thing. Synchronicity. That. But you can synchronicity. Miraculous thing that the synchronicity it is. Um, but but what's important about that is that you had to choose to follow the breadcrumbs, so to speak, yes. to yes. that piece of paper. And um, you know, oftentimes we're sitting here going, okay, where's my stuff? And that includes health and wealth and, and all of it. And yet all the signs are there and they keep coming because the universe doesn't stop sending them, <laughs> but we don't notice. And it's I think like that our really... eyes are... Sorry? No, that's okay. Gonna... Go ahead. Yeah. I was going to say, I think that's a really important thing that you said. It's like that we don't notice and that yet the universe is always sending us signs. Our souls are always wanting to connect with us to give us the way forward and even... In you know the depths of your despair, because here I am in despair, walking with my head looking down on the ground, which is something I don't do. I usually walk with my head held high. So even in that moment of feeling hopeless, here I am having that universe, having my soul reach out to me to say, "Look, there is a doorway. There is light here." And there it was. It was on the ground. And how very kind of your universe to put that note on the ground when you're walking around with your head down. And that's yeah. something people forget forget as well is they're like, well, you know, I'm just, I'm not, like Rick and I always say, if if all you can do is lie on the couch, the universe is not going to bring you the magic contract or the perfect job or the perfect spouse or the perfect anything, the first thing the universe is going to tell you to do is get up. So, you know, it's, it's, it's never one magic moment. It's a series. It's a series of, of perfect moments set in alignment with where you're at and where you need those signs to be. Really lovely said, yeah. Yeah, because a billboard wouldn't have done it. Wouldn't have seen it. No way. <laughs> no, because I wasn't uh, looking up. <laughs> but people often, I spent years waiting for the big billboard in the sky. You know, not so much. 
Yeah, it's often in the very yeah. small mundane things, you know, because that's where our attention is. So this doesn't sound like it was a short journey by any means. It sound like it it sounds like it was a a few years of of pretty drastic ups and downs. I'd say a lifetime of drastic ups and downs really. I lost my father as a teenager and you know I come from a very large family and and we we were always in you know somebody was dying it was always tragic. So that that that's been a consistent pattern in my life that I mirrored in my professional life until I did some massive soul searching and clearing to stabilize my world. I just came to expect tragedy. That's what the problem was. And so I had to turn that around. And that's hard. Um, and, and this is where you and I have so much in common and why Rick was giggling so much when I asked him, so what does our guest do? Um, <laughs> I, I can... I, I come from the same background. I come from a background where I think we had at least one death in the family a year. And I don't mean like a distant cousin three times removed. I mean, literally from the time I was like born, it was an immediate family member. And it started with my great grandmother. And then it went on through Mm -hmm. my grandparents, my godmother, my father, my parents, like because my, my mom remarried, yeah. and then my parents, and then my final group. And it, it got to, to the point where I didn't have anybody left, really, other than my beloved daughter. And I just got to the point where, okay, enough's enough. This is ridiculous. I'm not losing anybody else. Why is this happening? <laughs> and, you know, it took me a while to get to realize that it's happening because you expect it to happen. Because it's all you've ever known. Yep. It started with my great-grandmother as well. I was six and um, I was the only girl in school that had a great-grandmother. So I thought I was immortal. (laughs) 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 I thought nobody ever dies in our family. I'm immortal. I'm going to live forever. So given that with my mindset, when she passed, it was doubly devastating. (laughs) <laughs> well, and it is it, it 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 gets difficult after some time because you 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 expect it, so you get it. You know, asking it's given. The universe serves it up, and so you've got lots of quote unquote proof and evidence. You know that no, this is the way life is. It sucks, and um, yeah, that's I think one reason that it is so tough is is you just get convinced. And uh, uh, I was so convinced to the point I, I drank myself to death, basically. Wow. And, um, uh, you know, hopefully for our listeners, it won't take something so drastic. But, you know, if you're really hard-headed like I am, then it'll eventually get you. I promise. So then would it be fair to say, because this is, you know, pretty much what I've experience is that it's really about making that choice and once you have chosen that that's not the way you want to live your life that's it it stops I I think everything starts with choice 
you know we all we're always given a choice there's always um the, you know there's always that step that we need to take because we are essentially we are the master of our universe here on earth and i think that from there when you make the choice for the positive and when you make the choice no matter what i'm going to continue or i'm going to reach out and get help and and pull myself out of this the tenacity of life that is always present kicks in you know just like a blade of grass in in a concrete jungle seeking its life through the cracks there is there is always a way and i think that's a really good visual image that I use a lot you know like if a blade of grass with the you know with, with no so-called power has the power to crack through the concrete and live and exist surely as a human being once I make the decision I'm also connecting to that tenacity of life right on Odd that we were just discussing that yesterday actually odd that were, oh, no it was this morning it was this morning Oh. The blade of grass just or the tenacity of life? Uh, the tenacity of life. We were just discussing um, that my, my favorite line in uh, an odd movie, but one of my favorite lines ever in any movie was came from Jurassic Park when he says, life will find a way. It's true. Life always finds a way. Yeah. So you just have to connect to that. And have faith in it. Is is the key, you know? Like, yeah. Ah, yeah, yeah. Life will find a way. Yeah, yeah. I believe. Well, you you can say you believe, but if you don't feel it, if you don't know it to be a truth, if you don't know it to be a universal law, then it's not really going to be a reality in your world. And that's right. Yeah. You in yeah. America have had a real life dem- demonstration of that, right? Life goes on. You sort of had a bit of a shutdown there for a while, but life went on, and then life going on again. It's like <laughs> it seems like a little bit of a drama for for no reason, really, since you're always going to continue. Yeah, it, it. I've never quite understood that because it's, you know. It was going on yesterday, it's going on today, it's going to be going on tomorrow. It just, you know. What's the big it, deal? It, yeah, life is indomitable like that. It's just going to go. And uh, uh, Jean's got a video clip. She makes videos for us, little connection clips. And one of the little clips she uses often is this tree growing on the side of a rocky slope of a mountain. And it's a lot like your blade of grass in the concrete. It's like, here's this rocky slope. It's just rocks. And but there's this little bitty place, and this tree seed got a hold of that spot, and wow, big tree sticking out of the side of this rocky cliff. It 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 really is like in that movie, you know. Oh, they're all female; they won't be able to reproduce. Hey, life will find a way. Watch you watch yourself. And um, uh, because it it does. There's I had repetitive patterns and things, you know, that I needed to wash out of me, but they come to the surface once you decide they just kind of pop up and and then you deal with them and uh, uh, but I think it's part of that belief that that faith that keeps you from walking past the piece of paper and just thinking oh people shouldn't throw garbage and and just keep mm-hmm. going and then you've missed it you know yeah not that it won't come well, again I mean it, the universe is persistent if nothing else 
But I'm actually glad you brought that up, Rick, because I am, am so my the extension of that is if you decide today to pick up the piece of paper, you've changed your habits. And that's that's the big thing. You can't just keep doing the same thing over and over and expect different results. Because it, it doesn't yeah. work. Yeah, the definition of insanity, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Well, according to Einstein, I believe it was Einstein who said the definition of insanity is is doing the same thing over and expecting different results. And I mean but we do. It's it's one of the things that society does so well. And then when you see people who actually stand outside the crowd and they're kind of pointing at something that doesn't really jive with them and they're going, Yeah, that's not working. But society is bullheaded. It just, you know, plows on straight ahead, yeah. blinders on. Um, You've had that disaster. You get that new position or new job, and you think, ah, oh, disaster over. And you get there, and there's all these people standing around the water cooler or the coffee machine that talking about how much life sucks. And you can stand mm-hmm. that. You can choose to stand there with them. And sure enough, life sucks when you decide it does. Um, and it took a long time. For me to notice that you can do the flip side of that, if you've got the, if you can do it that direction, you can do it the other direction. Life's awesome, and you end up in Costa Rica or something. With, Beautiful. With monkeys that come by in the morning for coffee. <laughs> they don't drink much, but. So, was it was it almost instantaneous for you, or has it been an ongoing journey into self? Has it been an ongoing self-exploration? I would say a little bit of both. I mean, I, my mother, I grew up with a mother who uh, started getting involved in Buddhism and was an ordained Buddhist in my later teenage years. So the, she handed me a book by Ken Keyes called The Handbook to Higher Consciousness. The very first higher consciousness meditation book I ever read and so I started getting surrounded by meditation and I started meditating when I was 18. And um, But the moments that have been pivotal in my awakening have happened spontaneously. The first time was I was on a mountain in France. I say this in my book, uh, Discover What You're Here to Do. But I fell asleep on the mountain in the, in the Swiss Alps or the French Alps. No, it was the Swiss Alps. And when I wake up, I feel the mountain breathing through me. But I knew it wasn't the mountain. I knew it was a presence that was so much bigger. It was like the universal breath that was flowing in and out of me. And I heard the voice that said, you will gain enlightenment here. And thinking that that literally meant I needed to move to France to gain enlightenment, (laughs) I moved to France (laughs) in the hope of gaining enlightenment. I later discovered that the here is that, you know, that presence in this presence in this here and now fully present to everything that exists simultaneously and multidimensionally. That is the, that is the point of your awakening. And the so what led you to well what led you to comprehend that message? What bridged the gap for you between viewing that uh, as an external message 
to twist it into, oh, this is an inter- internal thing? Uh, it was when I, I studied The Course in Miracles. Actually, it was probably the day I first discovered A Course in Miracles in a bookshop. You know how you go into a book and there's a title that just jumps out at you. And I and I put the book in my hand and I just flicked open the page and it was talking all about the atonement is not how uh, traditional Christianity has always uh, taught it. It's the at one It's that moment where you come into oneness with with the all. And that that kind of like where I went, oh, I, that resonated with me, and I I got goosebumps all over, and I started crying because I could really feel the truth in that message. And when I started reading the course and doing the workbook, that drove me into the internal journey uh, in a way that I hadn't done before in my previous meditations. That was a, a very powerful mind training program. That, I keep hearing people talk about that book and I still haven't read it. You know, one of these days. <laughs> yeah, I got it. I, I, I really need to get around to that. Wasn't really quite ready to hear it. And so sure enough, I, I kind of flipped around and read a little here and read a little there. And there's cool stuff in there, but I was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. And I just wasn't ready to hear it. Uh, yeah. And uh, it was just so incompatible uh, with everything that I thought I knew. And uh, uh, But that and other books just kept, sort of jumping up in, in my space, you know. And uh, I finally got it. It took a while. <laughs> That's why I love talking to people now that figured it out without having to be quite so drastic. Do <laughs> you know people like that? Gee, I, I haven't met anybody like that Well, you don't, <laughs> don't actually have to croak and go to the hospital and, you know, do all of no, that. No, that uh, is a bit dramatic, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's yeah, still well, I, it's still available. It's it, it's a viable route. I just wouldn't necessarily recommend it. Yes, it's a little rough on the system, but um, but it literally came to that to me. Is I was like, it just can't be like this. And and everywhere I turned was more proof that it was like that. And so then I was just like, oh well, screw it. And uh, and apparently, at least in for me. My universe, Y-O-U universe, um, that that wasn't that just really wasn't an option. And uh, life pushed so hard. I mean, it, it, I, I don't want to make the, sh- the show about me, and we've talked about my history a lot on the show. But I, I, I've had professionals that have looked at the lab work and stuff, you know, afterwards, and they're just they just look at me and they go, "You you cannot be alive. That's just you you can't." There's enough in your tests here to declare you dead. What? What? And I'm just like, well, sorry. Here I am. There we go. The tests don't measure spirit. No, no. They don't measure that unknown quantity of that connection to spirit, to your life force. But wouldn't it be interesting if they did? Well, I think we're heading that way. I know in Australia, you know, there's a huge debate on at the moment around euthanasia and the right for um, a being to choose when and how to exit rather than being kept alive by the medical fraternity and that's raising the question about you know the spirit versus the human being versus the you know the the holisticness of that and 
that debate is being had and I think that that's going to cause researchers to start looking at that what is that quality and a lot of really good switched on doctors and surgeons always know that the difference between a patient that has the exact same treatment that that survives versus the patient that doesn't survive is that unknown thing that spirit and that we really connect to your will to live evident to them, they can see it. It's only a matter of time before we can measure it. Well, I think that's part of it, but they can see it, they can feel it. So, to me, that's measurement. But yeah, they, yeah. for you want, and I, it's measurement. They want something yeah. with, a, with a meter with numbers, and I think that, we'll, I, I think that we will get there. But it is, it is so true with, uh, I've had a lot of friends in the medical field, and if people just don't have that will to live, that fight, that whatever people want to call it, that it doesn't matter what they do, they they go. All the best bells, buzzers, and whistles, needles, and things, and it doesn't make the difference. And other ones can be in shape where, you know, the textbook says, no, this can't happen, and, and yet they're okay, trotting around Costa Rica somewhere. Exactly. I think that major breakthroughs in science usually always come when they expand the parameters of scientific viewing. So you look at Galileo's time when, when none of the priests wanted to look through his new telescope because they didn't want to go beyond their current parameter of believing there was the earth, moon, the sun and the stars, which is what was in the Bible. It, it, looking in the, the, te, uh, the telescope to see that there were other planets out there kind of like com- discombobulated their thinking. So when we started doing that, we started discovering other things. When we expanded our parameters of the way we viewed things, we we discovered new things. And the same with science versus quantum science. Now that quantum scientists are expanding the parameters of scientific experimentation and thought, they're finding and discovering new things. And it will be the same with you know, this whole thing about needing to prove spirit or a creator or what have you. It's like when we expand our parameters, which we're beginning to do, we will discover new things. And one of those parameters for me is that, well, let's just think logically about things. You know, where did logic leave the scientific world? You know, it's like for, for me, especially as a, you know, as consumers where things are really simple for us. Oh, I drank this. I felt awful. It must not be good for me. I'll stop drinking it. Or vice versa, I drank this, I felt great. If I keep drinking it, I'm going to continue to feel great. Right. And because it, it, it is odd with science that logic can lead right to something. But if that destination, that something, doesn't agree with their, you know, sort of, just like you said, the priests the looking at planets through a telescope did not agree with the way they saw things. So they just kind of pushed it away. And even though logic was, but look, they're here. Look through the telescope. They're there. And, yeah. you know, we recently had a case in the, in the United States where a, a fellow, for various and sundry reasons, sort of ran away from his life. Uh, he lost his job, didn't know how to support his family, freaked out, and he ran away. And then, like, eight years later, he resurfaced and decided he was going to reenter society. I guess he'd been drifting or whatever. Anyway, in, in the meantime, his family had had him declared dead so they could get death benefits. Yeah. And 
so when he went to apply for a driver's license, they said, well, I'm sorry, sir, you're dead. We can't give you a driver's license. And uh, so he went to court to say, you know, get a judge to say, yeah, you're not dead. You can have a driver's license and a home and a, you know. And, uh, and the judge looked right at him and said, you know, this is one of those weird cases. This, he's, I can see the individual sitting in front of me appears to be in good health, but according to the law, I am not allowed to do this. So I'm very sorry, sir, but you are still dead. It, yeah, it's just like out Isn't the it? window. Absurdity. <laughs> it's it is insane. It's completely absurd. It's like let's have the letter of the law be more important than the human life in front of us. That's completely absurd. Yeah. No, standing yeah, right there, breathing, the talking, laughing. Now the poor guy's stuck. He's dead. Well, we all know you can't do anything if you're dead. You don't have social insurance number. You can't get a job. You can't get government assistance. You can't drive a car. You can't even get freaking you know, food stamps if you're dead. You can't have a bank account. Yeah. None of that. Yep. One of the things that I, if he's listening to this, <laughs> one of the things that I would go to there, because I always know that there is a door that opens when you shift consciousness. Somewhere along the line, what you're probably going to find with him, because this is what I found within me that turned things around for me, is the guilt of the abandonment. So once he heals that and once he comes into the forgiveness of the past, because he's basically reaping the results of what he did because he obviously feels guilty, he heals that. I bet you there will be a door open um, and a loophole or the law will change or something will shift in the universe because he shifted internally and he shifted that consciousness. Absolutely, I agree. And, you know, I really hope that that he does and he's able to do that and that he gets the assistance that he needs because we all need second chances. Some of us yes. need third, fifth, eighth, tenth. Eighty-seventh. You know what I mean? You know. Eighty-seventh. Yep. We, we all need yep. second chances. And, yes, okay, running away from your family is really crappy. Like, mm-hmm. dude, not cool. However, he found it within him somehow the courage to come back and face what he must have known would have been dire consequences. So his his courage is there. Now he just needs to shift it to forgiveness of self. Because you're right, he probably is. He's probably suffering a great deal internally. Look what I've done. And I'm sure that the judge didn't help him by saying, I'm sorry, you're dead. Because <laughs> that just compounds the problem because now he's thinking, yeah. I can't even fix this. And if he didn't want to fix it, if he didn't want to set things right, he wouldn't have come back. We have a system externally judging us. Like our legal system is there to judge us because internally we're judging ourselves. So at a collective consciousness level, we have created the system of judgment. So I think that, you know, I mean, this is part of what I teach with my quantum activism work. It's like when we, you know, we, when we undergo that transformation within ourselves and we just cease judging, then things begin to come into their natural balance and we will find our external world will shift and change according to the new consciousness, which is what we're witnessing today 
So he's got a lot of judgment on himself that he's now met externally. It's come back to him. So he shifts that within himself. He shifts his self-judgment, comes into that moment of forgiveness, and there will be a door that opens because that's how our universe works. Everything starts first in consciousness. Amen. It's like you said about the cancer. You you discovered that it... (laughs) You know, it started in consciousness, and you're like, well, this is just an idea. And that's really, it's not just true about cancer. It's true about everything. The rules, the laws, the, uh, I think everybody has come across people that just seem to, you just look at them and you, from that old mindset, and you're just like, they just float through life, and everything just seems to, how do they do that, you know, and, uh. It's like a lot of my friends think suddenly I must have come into money or something because I'm living in Costa Rica. And Costa I, Rica, no, yeah. No, <laughs> I, I came down here with not with not a lot and and uh, uh, synchronicity <laughs> synchronicity led me to just sort of one joy after another and uh, people are starting to, to do that. They, how much do you pay for that car? How did you do that? <laughs> Nobody does that. How do you do that? And I'm like, hey. I, I mentioned it to somebody over lunch, and the guy that runs the lunch place overheard me and said, "Hey, I got a car," and I, I don't know. It, it it doesn't. Jean, in her first book, lists some synchronicities that chains of synchronicity that people are still convinced are just impossible. She must have embellished that, you know. And uh, yeah, I've actually had um, I've actually had spiritual teachers who've read the book who've looked at me and go, "No, go, no." No, doesn't work that way. Yeah, can't work like that. And that's why I wrote it. That's why I wrote it as a fiction, because I knew that was going to happen. Yeah. But you know, I'm I'm starting to come out now and do interviews myself to talk about the fact that it's not fiction. It does work that way. And the thing that pisses me off the most about that is that I spent so much time worrying about people not believing it that I started not believing it. So now I'm almost back to square one where I need to remember that that's how the magic occurs. In fact, I probably need to sit down and reread that book a couple times and live in that so that I can get back on track because I gave into that, no, it doesn't work that way. But it does work that way. I saw it. I lived it. Yeah, I think you've raised a really important um an important point there that I find when I'm working with clients and audience members and what have you around blockages of stepping into their purpose, specifically if they are messengers, is they fear that moment of ridicule from people that they've got outside of themselves that are so-called experts. And, you know, what if people tell me I'm wrong or what if I've got it wrong or what if this isn't how it is or what have you. And so therefore what happens is in their mind they negate that what they're thinking is their purpose and what they're thinking is their message to deliver to the world is actually not what it is. And I've discovered, as you have as well, that no, you are, you're bang on. And it's just a matter of finding the people or the soul group that you've got an agreement to work with that's going to resonate with what you're saying that builds your confidence. And, you know, like as we mentioned before, follow the breadcrumbs, just take one step at a time. Because when I first started teaching using the universal laws of nature to create mission strategies to change the world, 
I was teaching social entrepreneurship, talking about change agents, change makers. Those words weren't really well known because I would do a search online and I couldn't find it anywhere. So I was a pioneer in that regard and a lot of people with missions, especially now, are pioneers. But within a year of me just keeping on speaking my message, knowing, nope, this is what I've got to deliver, this is what I've got to say, I don't care if nobody believes me now, eventually, you know, whoever's going to hear this, who's supposed to hear it will. And then, you know, like within a year, there's this explosion of, you know, there's even a school in Sydney now for social entrepreneurs. Uh, Social entrepreneur is the new catchphrase in the entrepreneurial world. Everywhere you go, they're talking about change makers. There's training for change makers. I train change makers. It's an industry now. It's a thing. It's something. So, you know, take heart that, you know, eventually your message will have its time if we stand really strong on it and, and don't um, don't get blocked by, you know, so-called experts outside thinking they know everything. Yeah, and don't allow people to sway you. Yeah. And... Don't give in to that I failed feeling because usually it's just at the cusp of your, you know, just yep. at the moment of your greatest success when so many people give up. It's always darkest before dawn and all that. But, I, you know, and that's been my experience right along the line is when, when I went back to you, I just, just two weeks ago went back to you, okay, I'm going back to square one. I've written three books, but I'm going back to square one and I'm going to start promoting the first book and I'm going to live and breathe in that for a while and see where right. it takes me and the help and, and the assistance and the feedback and the acceptance and the encouragement has just been incredible. Fantastic. And so, you know, that's going to be, I guess, part of the journey of, of getting to the point where I can speak out about the fact that, yeah, it's, it's a true story, that I can speak about the journey getting to the realization that it, it should never, well, it should not be presented as a fiction anymore, I guess. So, but that's part of the lesson. That's part of the journey. And I think that we all share our stories in our own way and that's because we live on this beautiful amazing diverse planet and although the core of our message all might be the same we need to say it in a way that different people can understand and hear it that's why there's so many of us so it's not that we have we don't have competition in this industry we have a giant brotherhood and sisterhood a giant family of people all doing the same thing in their in their own way and moving us slowly and inevitably towards a better day for all of us. Absolutely. Yeah. I think, um, sorry, go on, Rick. Well, I didn't mean to cut you off, but it is just about the halfway point. So we're just about at our break time. And, but I want to come back from break and talk a little more about this mission blueprint. Um, because that sounds really exciting to me. Um, somebody that can help, you know, instead of wandering the wilderness till you come across your purpose. And then, as we've said and demonstrated through the stories here, sometimes you can be on purpose and it, you know, you have a setback and you think, okay, well, I was wrong. And um, 
uh, that's a really that's a really linchpin thing. I mean, I I first read my my first exposure to spirituality, I guess you could call it, was in my twenties, and um, uh, I did some exercises in a book on channeling, and and things came, you know, and I was scared living daylights out of me. I ran the other way, and um, uh, so that is it, it's it is that internal. You know, I have no doubt that Jean's books are just going to go catch on fire. So like I said, she's she's made this decision, and she went and approached some people that, you know, gosh, I'd hate to total up the dollar value of the help that she's just been gifted, uh, you know, to make that happen. But, uh, yeah, the experts, that's one of those, I was thinking about that when you were talking, because you, you mentioned Buddhism, and there's a Zen saying about, you know, uh, in the expert's mind, the options are few. But in the beginner's mind, the options are infinite. Yeah. The expert already knows how it's supposed to be. So they are locked in. And uh, so I think we all need to kind of give up on the expert thing. and and uh, I agree. And be, be, be professional beginners. Uh, <laughs> it's, we, everybody says they want something new. Well, if we don't begin, there won't be any new. There has to be a begin then. Uh, and, uh, yeah. But wise words. Um, what do you think, Jane? What What are we breaking with tonight? What? Is, I don't know. I honestly don't have a clue. Jordan, somebody, something. Surprise me. Surprise you? Okay. Well. Surprise me. When we get back from the break, I'll tell everybody the name of the song and the name of the artist. Until then, just enjoy. And we'll be right back with more talk about. <laughs> the mission blueprint because I know that we have listeners that are like I wish I had a blueprint so we're going to talk about that some more so I enjoy. wish I had a blueprint right where's the owner's manual what <laughs> um, I need that bring it <clears throat> so bring it. Uh, enjoy the music and stay with us folks we'll be right back the future brings, asking the questions, so what is my path, well, looking for security, but you don't know where it's at, and so you don't know what you're supposed to do, and yeah, you don't know, oh, you can't predict the news, and so you don't Yeah. 
Welcome back, everybody. That was our dear friend, Jordan Okrand, with his song, Don't Know. Listen to those lyrics in there about, you know, trying to find your, what's my purpose, and you don't know, and you're born and raised to think there's just one way, and now you don't know, and yeah, I thought it would be fitting. It's a good choice, Rick. Yeah, well. Good choice. I try. Good choice. See, and I said, I, I don't know, Rick. See? And so I you called know. it. I don't know. <laughs> Self-fulfilling prophecy. Yay. Isn't life fun? Oh, it is. It is. And uh, and and just, you know, for a shout-out for everybody, the, uh, you can find Jordan at jordanokrand.com. Uh, his last name is O-K-R-E-N-D, jordanokrand.com. Because Jordan's a cool buddy of ours. He's been up to visit Jane at the Phoenix Nest and... And uh, and was the first the first donor got the ball rolling on our Indiegogo campaign. Yes, you know, sneak the Indiegogo campaign back in there somehow. <laughs> That's fantastic. All all fair in love and podcasting. Um, it costs us money to do this, so we need support and help occasionally. And uh, yeah, it's fantastic when our our listeners and. And even some of our guests have. <laughs> yeah, when past, come past up guests are like, you know, really supportive and it's, you know, y'all are doing cool stuff. Yeah. Do it some more. Okay. Yeah. We're trying. Yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, absolutely. So that's always fun. And so big shout out to everybody who's been, who's been behind us on this. It's very, very, very cool. And you can, of course, find the campaign on our website at www.everydayconnection.com. Sorry, no. Oh, my goodness. It's everydayconnection.me. Wow. Wow. I swear I haven't had any wine tonight. <laughs> Often does have the wine and water, but everydayconnection.me. Everydayconnection.me. That's probably it. Me. Because it's all and, about me, no matter which you he's reading it. It's all about me. You'll find all our archived episodes, um, some some blogs that we call reflections, and some videos, and just general yumminess about brilliant people from all over the world. So check it out. Yeah, good stuff. And we're back now with our guest from uh, Australia, um, originally from New Zealand, Nicola Grace. And uh, I know one of the websites that we need to get pronounced out for we used to say for our podcast listeners, now you're all podcast listeners. <laughs> but if you're getting this on your iPod and you're out jogging or whatever, uh, you might not have a notepad. So just put in your mental notes that it's. you can find her at nicolagrace.com. It's N-I-C-O-L-A grace.com. And we'll have another website that we'll talk about after we talk about this more about this Mission Blueprint because there's, is it missionblueprintteleseminar.com, I believe? Uh, yes, that's exactly right. MissionBlueprintTeleseminar.com. Right. I love that because it's a, it's a longer title, which I kind of like because it's more descriptive. But it's also regular words. I don't have to spell them. It's cool. <laughs> not like Nicola Gray. <laughs> well, I just, you know, it's not that common for our American friends and, and, and no, all, but Nicola. And, uh, Nicola's also spelled three different ways. Yeah. Well, depending on which country you come from. People get lost on... Yes. On Jane's real name, because it's not spelled exactly right, according to a lot of people. No. Not as well. And it was actually named, I was actually named my, my birth name because my parents couldn't decide between Nicola 
and Nicole because they were arguing. They were both from different countries and both from different backgrounds, and their versions of the name were different, so they spent too long arguing. My grandma got mad and filled out the application for the birth certificate and sent it in. <laughs> so she's, she's Nikki with one K. Hmm. But, That's uh, how that came about. We, we digress. <laughs> That's fun. We digress. We do that um, a lot. Okay. What is <laughs> I, want, I want to know about this blueprint because, well, because I want to know. What is that? <laughs> and how does that, really how's that work? Well, well, I like really good things. <laughs> let me talk about how I discovered it, really. It was, you know, during that process of having saved a billion-dollar industry from ruin and ending up bankrupt in my own business and, having to look at this consistent theme of just always having that rug pulled out from under me. And through my soul searching, high coaches, big clearing, I'm also um, a visionary, an intuitive visionary. I spontaneously get visions of what's possible for the future and what's going to happen in the future. That's a sort of a fancy name saying I'm psychic. And it was through all of those processes of marrying together that I found this energetic vibratory field within myself that whenever I felt like I was on track or I was walking my path or I was even thinking the right thing I would feel that vibration in my body I'd feel some kind of a pulse as if yes you're on track yes this is it yes this is that so I started exploring what that vibratory field was and I call it a mission blueprint because what I've discovered is that each and every one of us has a blueprint for our life. You were talking about, you know, where's the owner's manual? This is it. This is it, this blueprint. And it's held at the soul level. Now, our soul is electric and it's, it's an animating life force. And all, all things, as we know from quantum scientists, now comes back to vibration. So it's a vibration. It's not like Casper the Friendly Ghost wafting out there into the universe it's a it's a real tangible vibratory field and it contains information it contains information about what challenges we'll meet in life to overcome what our purpose is what our personal mission is what uh, what our uh, sabotage patterns will be everything comes together in this vibratory field of information that is for one purpose and one purpose only and that is to find the best way for us to expand because our soul has the same purpose it's here to expand the specifics on how it's going to expand will be what the life purpose is because this is about your life of expansion and then the details within that are all carried on this vibratory field of information I've worked with over thousands of people now in one year alone I did a thousand people following the um, helping them go through their mission blueprint to find this mission blueprint and in a hundred percent of the cases I didn't see anybody that didn't have this in fact this is how I discovered that everybody has this blueprint but like a blueprint for a building we are at choice as to whether we build our life according to that blueprint or not we have free will I've discovered when you do build your life according to the blueprint that's going to give you the best outcome, the greatest expansion, the greatest fulfillment and satisfaction, you get all of those things. And 
you don't have your soul pulling you back to that blueprint by creating personal disasters or having the rug pulled out from under you because you're already on it. You're living according to that. And that's kind of where, you know, your soul's always kind of wanting to direct you to your best life, to your best outcome. So just before we went to a break, you were saying um, that, uh, what was it? There is no competition. Like there's a lot of people doing this work. There's a lot of people doing purpose work, which is purposeful because this is the time for people to, to connect with their purpose. Uh, but there's no competition because everybody's doing it in their own unique way or they've got a unique doorway into it or a unique aspect of what it is they're teaching. That's their mission blueprint because like a palm print or a footprint, no two blueprints are exactly the same. So if we see each other working in harmony together in our own way with our own soul groups that we've decided to work for, we're in cooperation, we're not in competition and, and that's how the divine plan for transformation on the planet will take place is by people stepping into the cooperativeness of their mission blueprint, understanding their unique, understanding that everybody is unique and we're all contributing in our own way. So can, can you walk me through the process? I'm, I'm sure we can't do it here right now on the air because I'm sure this probably takes a, a fair amount of work and time. Um, but walk me through the process of of discovering what your personal blueprint is and and then beginning to learn to act on that. Sure. If you don't mind. Uh, the, no, not at all. There are seven steps and you're right. You know, we're talking about a blueprint for your life. So it's not something that's going to happen in 20 years. It's also evolve at uh, 20 years. Sorry. It could happen in 20 years. 20 minutes is what I meant to say. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and also there's a level of consciousness. Each step you take, that you, you increase your awareness, which means you get to understand it more. But the first step is all about clarifying your right direction. And I've got a process that I call the um, the DNA of self-discovery, which is basically seeking the codes. We were talking about the universe always giving us clues. Well, there are codes in, um, in the deep down in every single thought process that we have, in everything that we've ever done, in every challenge we've had, in what we tend to do repetitively, all of our dreams, everything we've fantasized about because our soul knows that we don't naturally make that connection. So it's dropping clues like breadcrumbs in the Hansel and Gretel story throughout these key areas of our thought processes in our life that we need to dive deep into. And the way I do that with my process is I've got a series of questions that you answer and then we go into word association on that to get to the deeper meaning. It's also a method of you diving deep into your mind because until you get out of the outer mind and you go deep within yourself and you start connecting to your subconscious mind, which connects you to your superconscious mind, uh, then all you're getting is, is information coming from the brain or, or you know, from the outer mind and that can mislead you. So we find a whole lot of soul buzzwords. And while we're doing this process, we're looking for the buzz. We're looking for that vibratory resonance that the soul is going, yes, you're on it. You're coming into the vicinity of that blueprint. And these words all mean something. And 
we look at putting them together to figure out well, what's the direction of where we need you to be going in. And they usually come up in the form of words that mean something to you so that when you're, um, if they're expression words, for instance, or doing or being words, you express yourself through those those uh, specific words. Uh, like, for instance, one of my soul buzzwords is writer. I express myself as a writer. I'm going to derive that satisfaction. I'm going to derive the deepest fulfillment in life. I'm going to find my success. So then the next step is taking another level uh, deeper into finding how to monetize that according to your mission blueprint and that's called locate your mission message and mojo because it's your personal mission that gives us the greatest clues as to why uh, what you're here to do and, and, and how to monetize that. And then how what that does is that it, it begins to and the process excuse me, the process I take you through with that is uh, we look at the law of purpose and we look at what that means, how it works in nature and then how it works for you to start teasing out some more clues, teasing out some more um, pathways that you've already been doing that have been leading you to to what your mission blueprint is and then I've got a process for you to monetize that. And then the all-important step is gain a greater connection to yourself. You have to have a connection to your soul if you want to know your soul's blueprint, you want to feel it. You know, so we talk a lot about the science of the soul, what's coming up to show us a little bit more understanding of the soul and its nature, uh, where it is, how we can connect to it, and then I have some processes to help you make that connection. And then decipher between the information you get from that soul blueprint versus the information you get in your outer mind. And when you develop that, and that is an evolving process, it's something you need to develop over time, some people get it naturally and it's instantaneously uh, and other people it takes a little bit of time for me, it's a lifetime and then we move you into you know, into the other steps but it's like step by step by step a little piece emerges until the big picture starts to emerge and like you had said before you know, there are many pathways it's like there isn't just one pathway to your purpose, that's why we need everybody doing their unique work and that's why I have seven steps to the whole process of of, um, of finding that mission blueprint because everybody is configured differently and so if you if you didn't start to make the connection in the first step the second the third we've got four five six and seven till finally I mean everybody that's done the process with me comes out in the end with a really clear understanding of you know of what that mission blueprint is and also the feeling you know beginning to pay attention to the resonance and that vibe that vibratory communication that you're always being given. And I talk quite a lot about that whole seven steps in, in um, the free giveaway that I've got, which is the training, the three videos, and also an hour and a half training with me on the seven steps to your purpose and best path to prosperity. That are, That is seven steps to, to finding and living your mission blueprint. Okay, hold on. Back up just a minute because this sounds like a lot of work, but it really, really resonates with me. So while you're speaking, I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'm just about to reexamine my career as an author. I want to do this with her, but one of my biggest struggles is with finances. So then I'm thinking to myself, can I even afford to ask her? And that's always one of the issues with 
our listeners because we recognize that a lot of our listeners are in the process of some kind of growth and development. And a lot of the times that includes changes in their finances and financial struggles. And so, but then I hear this magic word. And so was I, was I imagining the word free or because that sounds to me like one heck of a gift that you're offering people because that could, could completely change their lives. Uh, it could do, yeah. No, the, the Mission Blueprint teleseminar series that I do is not free, but I do have an introductory training. And, there, and, and I, I've got a couple of worksheets there that begins the process for you. And for people who have done quite a lot of processing work or clearing work, you will begin to see some of that Mission Blueprint um you know, like it does, you do begin to get an awareness of it. And I give that away for free for two reasons. The first reason is, is that I want the work to get out far and wide because I absolutely believe that everybody who walks their mission blueprint will be contributing to co-creating the better world that we want to live in and we don't really have any time to lose. So we can't let money be a barrier. So I get you started on the first two steps. I also do a clearing... Excuse me. I also do a clearing process for you as well, which which is all about purpose and prosperity and clearing the blocks around prosperity. In fact, in the actual paid version, we've got a whole series of just blockbusting finances, blockbusting through you know why it is that spiritual people um, struggle financially because there are very there are very clear reasons why that is. So that free training um, is basically there to get the 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 message out far and wide. Plus, it's also, and this is the second reason why uh, I do it for free, it's also an introduction to me and my work. And so people who do that and they find that that resonates with them and they want to take the next step, I give you a way that you can do that. Um, and, and uh, you know, and there's, a, there's a couple of financial options there for people to pay as you go or, or pay up front. Um, yeah. And, and I, would think, I would think that, if they do the first couple steps, then their finances are going to start to shift because they're already going to see some results from the work that they're doing. So I would think that it would just naturally come to be okay to be able to pay for it because they'll have the money. And maybe yeah, that's like, me putting like a great deal of faith in synchronistic <laughs> universe, but um, I, I, I believe that that's the way the universe works because I've seen it work that way. So here's your first couple of steps, and we get you to a certain point, and now money's not so much an issue, and now we can take the next step. And that makes sense yeah. because I would never expect anybody to work for free completely because I don't believe in that. I think that one of our fall failings in, in this whole business of spirit, spirit versus money is that we have somehow managed to convince ourselves that if a person is teaching anything spiritual, then they should not be asking for Something a physical, monetary exchange for like it. Money. But the the truth of it is is that everything physical is a manifestation of spirit. And teachers, leaders, writers, they have to eat too. And why is it expected of people who do spiritual work to work for free? Well, the person who picks up the trash gets paid. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? I it doesn't that? make sense to me. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. It doesn't Please. make sense to me either. Bring it. But I'd like to answer that because that is step number five in my mission blueprint formula, identify and remove resistance. What you're talking about is split brain hemisphere syndrome. So we know from brain scientists now that they're saying as much as 50% of the beliefs that we store in our brain, subconscious mind, come from our ancestors. So if we go back, regardless of what culture you come from, we go back far enough into the generations that we're storing in our brain, we go back to a time when our leaders were spiritual leaders. They were shamans or medicine women or druids or you know whatever culture it was that you came from. So the spiritual guru, so to speak, of the tribe also led the tribe. It was considered dirty for them to be involved in the day-to-day -day economic um, thrival and survival of the tribe because it would disconnect them from divine. It would disconnect them from spirit and they needed to have that whole connection to spirit in order to be able to lead and to give that information to the tribe so they never did the so-called dirty work of the day-to-day -day living but they got taken care of by those that were out and about working and keeping the economy of the tribe together so you fast forward today spiritual people with that connection to the divine or doing spiritual work care of by the workers in our society Everybody has to mm -hmm. contribute. The other thing is, is that we know through quantum science, it is a myth that you ever in any given moment disconnect from the divine because if, if there's this unified field that is in every cell of our body and in every atom in the spaces in between everything that we see and that we can touch. So they're letting us know that that divine or that universal creative intelligence is in everything and in no given moment are you ever separate from that. So these are old superstitious ideas we've had, you know, thousands and thousands of generations ago, but some of us still have that stored in our brain. And so therefore we think if we've got a spiritual gift, we can't charge for it, but somehow the lawyer who whose gift comes from where? Where does a lawyer's gift come mm. from? Right? It's still it comes from spirit. But because we've got this split in the hemisphere of our brain, we can't see the connection. And that's one of the things that I work on in step five. We have to marry those hemispheres of the brain that contain love, spirituality and purpose to work, reward and money so that we can have it all together and we can live more holistically. Because I truly believe that when we begin to make money by making a difference, that's when the world will make big changes. Ooh, connection clip. Yeah, because it, it, as long as it's as long as it's seen <laughs> as long as it's seen as as something that can't be rewarding, you know, or in in the dreaded you know institutionalized religion, you're you're stacking up rewards that you'll get when you're dead, um, but you're starving today. Um, it, it's it's just never gonna. It's never gonna go. I used to say that about electric cars in the United States. We had the Prius, and, and a lot of people bought them, but a lot of people still want their. So when we started getting hybrid SUVs and hybrid, you know, I was like, okay, now it's going mainstream because, you know, before it was this weird, different looking little pod thing, and now it looks and feels like a car. 
and um, uh, it's that marriage of the two of you know okay but people don't want most people don't want the little funny pod looking thing they want you know a car they got three kids and their three kids all have friends and so they got to have room to put six kids in the car and get to soccer and you know I mean it just is the way life is and but what you said you know it really to me is a it's by definition we're spiritual beings having a physical experience so by definition everything we do is spiritual because we're spiritual so money has the same the same energy created money as created trees and uh, somehow we get this you know I can go walk in the forest and and, and I can go camp in my tent out there because I don't have any money and and then I'm close to spirit because I'm with the trees because they're made from spirit. Well, so are yep. dollar bills, yep. whether they're Canadian no dollars, idea. Australian yep. dollars. Because it was, I mean, once upon a time, you spiritual something, you were in a temple somewhere, and people brought offerings, and that's how you got your food and stuffs. Or like yep. you said, the shaman that took care of the tribe, they they saw to his needs in that department. Um, and And today, the way we do that is with this energy symbol we call money with money yes and you you raise a really um you know like a really good point there it's like you know money where does it come from it's an idea you know that that helped us create more efficiency because you know supposedly most ideas are all about efficiency because it just got a little too cumbersome to carry goats around all the time and one of the things I see with people who are on purpose or looking for their purpose or they're spiritual people, they don't even have the value of money. And that, again, comes from split-brain hemisphere syndrome. The moment I looked at how did I manage to save a billion-dollar industry and then go bankrupt? We're talking a billion dollars. We're talking about millionaires got saved with my strategy, but I went bankrupt. How did that happen? And it was this this holographic image of my brain that lifted up out of my head and presented itself to me because again I'm visionary and I saw the vision of the work money reward separated from love spirit and um, purpose which is why I had moments in my life where I was loving what I did I was on purpose and I was feeling like I was you know doing my spiritual work but I didn't get rewarded for it uh, other you know other than just self gratification I guess um, and I didn't get any money for it and, and I didn't see it as work so you heal that and that's social entrepreneurship social entrepreneurship is the marriage between purpose love and and uh, spirituality with with the reward and the money and I think that it's important that we spiritual people do have a value in money because the universe pours a vacuum we are co-creating the rich getting richer and the poor getting poorer right now because we're not taking our fair share. We're allowing that gap that we're creating by not claiming our fair share of the abundance of the universe to go into the hands of those that are greedy. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're co-creators, right? We're co-creating the world we're living in. We, it's Always. not happening in a vacuum and this rich getting Absolutely. richer and the poor getting poorer right now because everybody's disgusted with you know with the what I would call the really 
uh, what do you call it, the exaggerated form of capitalism where we exploit people, we exploit the economy for, for, for monetary gain. People have had enough of that and they're sick of it. So instead of going, well, you know what, I'm going to go in and do my share, take my share and transform that, they've turned away from it. And so at turning away from it, universe have paused a vacuum. We've created a vacuum. It's going to get filled and it's getting filled by the very people that, that we're disgusted by in, in terms of what they're doing. So we've got to come back in and we've got to claim our share of the abundance of the universe for good because that's why we want money. Most of us aren't materialistic. We want money so we can give more to charity, so we can give to our charity projects, so we can make a bigger difference. We're the ones that should have the money because that's where things will change. I absolutely agree, and it's. I was in that category of the spiritual people that kind of abhorred money, and um, because I knew a lot of people that had a lot of money, I grew up in a wealthy neighborhood, and uh, they were kind of not so nice. And my dad had a lot of money, but he wouldn't give any of it to me, and because you got to go suffer to have some. So feel free. And so it was all quite fixed in my head, you know. Well, suffer, take advantage, um, you know, destroy some environment, uh, step on some people, and big bucks. But it doesn't have to be that way. Why does it have to? Who said? We, 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 we've said at a collective consciousness level, either implicitly or explicitly, We've that, implicitly agreed to it if we're not doing anything about it. That's exactly but what I was looking for, is we said. Yeah. It's not yeah. they. We. But here's the thing. When I, you know, like, it, it was 2012 where I did a really condensed uh, version of the Mission Blueprint formula with a 1,000 people. And 1,000 people, you know, like, unofficially, that's kind of like a survey of the total population, right? Because when you do an scientific experiment they say it's got to be a thousand people cross-section of the population for it to then represent the whole population and every single one of those people when they came up with what it was their personal mission was and they connected to it through the butterfly effect or the ripple of effect they were going to make really huge changes in the world even if they weren't making them directly and then I started to see the, the connection and I went, my goodness, this is where we connect to, you know, you might have heard the term service of the divine plan. This is where we're connecting to that divine plan to bring about the shift and bring about the transformation. And I think that's precisely why there are so many people teaching a purpose work at the moment. Because that that's part of the plan of shifting this. We're moving into what I, I call a heart-centered economy. People are more interested in, you know, the the relationship and the uh, sustainability of a company these days that, you know, they'll tend to buy from a company that makes them feel good or that gives to charity or what have you. It's very heart, you know, a lot more heart-centered. We're in social media, so it's relationship-orientated and bad relationships just aren't going to fly. And I think over the next 10 to 20 years, we're going to see huge shifts into this new heart-centered economy. So this is our time. This is the time that you can make money by making a difference. 
And it is beginning to ripple out there. I mean, re- relationship marketing is one of the buzzwords in the business Absolutely. world right now. Mm-hmm. Good thing. I always find it interesting that we somehow have managed to put this evil, nasty energy on this thing we call money, and we just naturally assume that the rich are rich because they're greedy. And you know, it it, it saddens me even as I struggle with my own internal beliefs around money and and what wealth and abundance means it it saddens me that we got to the point where we view money as the cause of an evil act or what we would define as an evil or selfish act when when really it if there was infinite abundance for everyone there would be no need for selfishness you know absolute power corrupts absolutely that's a lie Absolute power does not corrupt absolutely. It is the desire for absolute power, which means the lack of absolute power that corrupts. Because once you have absolute power, you have no need to go after or take away from anybody else because you can already have everything you want. And I think that goes along with this concept of wealth and abundance. If people were allowed to be wealthy and abundant if they could get past the sphere of lack, then people wouldn't have the desire to take away from others in order for them to gain more. Yeah, it would come it would come full circle. I think it that and, and you know the desire to control is always a fear. And uh, and that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with a consciousness of fear that has created a distribution system based on the idea of lack, which then exacerbates the fear where that lack doesn't actually exist. And I always like to make the distinction between money versus the monetary system. Money in and of itself is... It, it's it's inert really it's whatever it is we want to make it happen it's the system of distribution that exists unfairly simply because we have this split in the hemisphere of our brain we we have this huge hierarchy saying these kind of tasks deserve more money than these kind of tasks that's just an idea right why why isn't everybody's contribution a really important contribution regardless of what it is. So Absolutely. Well, Jean gave a good example. The people that pick up the garbage. Yeah. Let them go away Imagine for about a week and yeah. or two and see how you like that and how important yeah. you think that is. Yeah, and important to health, everything. But it is, it's it's true that the having, you know, studied economics and all that kind of stuff, it is the whole thing right back to the beginning idea is based on lack. Yep. It's, it's based on there's a fixed pie of resources and we're going to cut it up and, and dole it out. And I just don't believe that's the case. I don't believe no. you have to take, take part of somebody else's pie piece to make yours no. bigger. No. But it is sort of ingrained in this whole system. Again, not the money, the monetary system, the economic system. 
and and I think it's one reason it's start one reason it's starting to fall apart is that there's people are all convinced these high powered economical people are all convinced there's a fixed pie yet they're also convinced that their thing must their enterprise must grow without end well how do you do that when you've got a fixed pie can't possible it's based on a those are the two like two ideas that are right there at the very beginning and they don't even make sense yeah and and, well, and it's like sorry <laughs> sorry i keep interrupting no 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 go well, I was going to say, it's just, well, you know, it's no different from Galileo's time. You know, I call them the powers that were because I see that they're on their way out and they're shooting themselves in the foot right now so that, you know, there'll be there'll be a very different form of governance that will start to emerge. And because um, that happens every time we shift, we shifted from agriculture to industry, you know, when we shifted ages then and when we shifted ages from industry now into the information age, there was always a governance shift, and we're, we're, we're witnessing that happen. I don't know how long it'll take, whether it's 50 years, 100 years, or 10 years, but we're witnessing that shift begin to happen because they're like the priests of Galileo's time. They're refusing to look into the telescope to see the great, big, huge, expansive world of possibilities out there. Right? And that's why, you know, like I don't call it a financial crisis that the world's in, I call it a consciousness crisis. Because that's what it is. It's like we're not aware of the fact that you can't you can't hold back a shift in age because the fix is in, so to speak. It just it's not a possible thing. There were people that tried to do that in the industrial revolution and destroy industry. They were called leucocytes. You know, there are people that are trying to stop this new age coming in. Uh, you know, through various methods, they are they are today's leucocytes. That they will not be successful at it just simply because you can't control consciousness. It's not possible. Try as you may. You can't, you can't control the force of nature to expand because that's the whole purpose of it, is to, to undergo this expansion that we're, going, that we're coming into now. Absolutely. It's inexorable force. You could concrete the whole planet somewhere, a crack would appear and a blade of grass Correct. would come out of it. Um, it, it exactly. Just Tenacity of life. You see these, uh, occasionally they do these things in science magazines where they talk about after humans, like if we <laughs> all got wiped out, which isn't going to happen. But, <laughs> but I find it interesting to look at their analysis of how fast, and of course it's very obvious here in Costa Rica how fast nature can take over. I mean, you... You leave your house for two months, and you're going to come back. You're going to have to. You're going to need a machete to get to your house. Period. Wow. That's just the in way Costa it is. Costa Rica, nothing. You look out my backyard. You know, like we let the we let the grounds go because we just got the place. We let the grounds go for one season because we wanted to know what plants were where. And oh boy, do we have our work cut out for us next year if we want to have, you know controlled gardens and, and certain plants in certain spaces because there's no stopping nature. There's no stopping life. It will, nope. it, it, it will prevail regardless of what we do or don't do, I might add. Yeah, and it's, I, I believe it's just inherent in our beingness that we are expansive, abundant beings. And you can only pretend you're not for so long before all the cracks start to show. Well, you know, you 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 get in some, you know, 
movie some movie people decide to create a a fantasy world and make you think you've been taken to Mars or something. It won't take long before. I mean, you know, you watch the movies that have been like that. They always they notice something. There's a crack somewhere. Or, yeah. You know, I saw an electrical outlet somewhere, and those wouldn't be on Mars. And it, it just you just can't. It, it, you know, bully for you if you want to try, but you know, you're on a failing mission, <laughs> a sinking ship, okay? Yep. Your your system resonates so much with me. I'm so now now I have to ask, where where do I go to because we're getting close on time here, but I want to make sure people first can go to access this this starting um, gift that you've provided, and then where can they go to follow up on that so that they can take this as far as as far as they desire to take it? And I would recommend that they take it as far as it, you know, take it to the very limits. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, well, if you go to missionblueprinttelleseminar.com, and sign up for the free training. You're going to get emails from me to show you the videos, and there'll also be a link there for you to uh, to decide whether or not you want to take it further and and go on to do the full training with me. Which is, um, I, I do it two. There's two ways you can do it in a home study program, which is less, which is in it is less than if you're having mentoring with me um, over a period of eight weeks. So. Options there, and I love your I love your sign up thing. I mean, basically, folks, what it costs you to get these, uh, you know, three video trainings and uh, uh, an hour and a half um, first name, first name and an email. But I love right underneath it says, "We're too busy on our mission to change the world to spam you." (laughs) I like that. I really. That's awesome. I get complaints that I don't email enough. So. Yeah. Really. Mm. We have we have trouble with our. We're trying to get a newsletter going, and we have, seem to have trouble with that. Where, where's the time? We've got five awesome people to talk to this week. What are we? What? Yeah. And. Uh, but speaking of awesome people and awesome programs, uh, I really want to thank you for hanging out with us and, and sharing with us your your time, talent, and treasure. That's just awesome. Oh, I like that. Time, talent, and treasure. I like that. Yeah. I, I stole that somewhere, fair and yeah. square. Sure. My, par- my partner's a genius. Don't do- Just don't tell him because then he gets this big head on him and i got to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I tend to a little bit. I I just keep trying to get a big enough head on on uh, her shoulders for these amazing books that she's written because it's uh, pretty amazing stuff. But um, speaking of books, the lady's also an author, so we're gonna have to have her back because I want to talk about her book. Um, <laughs> so hopefully we're gonna be able to do that. It it, it often happens uh, during the course of our show because we have a conversational format that the first time we have a guest on, we get into the journey. And then we get discussing the theory. So, you know, hopefully we can get you back at another time so we can talk about your work as, a, as an author. Absolutely. Because I would love to do that. Talk about the nuts and bolts. 
get down to it. Yeah. But the theory and the background and the journey are, you know, one of the reasons I think it's important is really I think that there's still, I was one of them once upon a time when I was my previous self before I croaked, that thinks that, you know, people that do what you do or do what we do are just, you know, somehow they've just always been lucky or they're something, you know, and being able to hear the journey of, you know, listen, I saved a billion dollar industry and then went bankrupt and then (laughs) sat, sat down and said, well, this is BS. And a year later, (gasps) I was was making a six figure income, but it wasn't saving the billion dollar industry that didn't do it because you went bankrupt after that. Yep. And, um, you know, people like, well, of course she made a six-figure income. What? They must have paid her tons to save that industry. Uh, no, probably not really, and because the bankruptcy came after. And, um, uh, you know, so I will once again, as I have done before, encourage everybody, I don't care where you are on the globe or in your life, if you decide that it's BS, the right thing will show up and, and again, like we've said, if you're laid out on the couch and you, you, the only spiritual guidance you're liable to get is get up. Because sometimes you have to get on a plane and fly away to Costa Rica and you don't know where you're going to live and you don't know what you're going to drive and you don't know nothing. And I can tell you that had I been trying to figure this whole thing out down here, that it, it, I just can't even imagine it working out as well as it has. I live in a beautiful house. Uh, it's just a guest house. It's small, but it's perfect for me and my dog. And, and, but it was because I didn't know. And and yeah, it's come up several times in the show. We played the song, the you know the Buddhist thing about being a beginner. It that is the field of infinite possibility. Is I don't know because when you know, it's limited to what you know. Yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. It's no fun. Just don't do that. Like Abraham does in their videos sometimes. Just quit that. Just stop that. Um. So if this is resonating with you uh, and you're like, this this lady's onto something, well, there's your sign. You're right. <laughs> you know? <laughs> well, you're right. <laughs> yeah. It, 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 what resonates with you is the thing, as we often talk about. So uh, definitely get over there. It's, it's really simple to find and it's really simple to do. It's Mission Blueprint Teleseminar um, dot com and Right there on the right-hand side, first name and email, and click the button. Show me the video. Might as well be show me the money. But <laughs> the money's almost a side effect. It's, it's it's really it's show me the purpose, and then uh, the money comes. You might have to scrub some beliefs, but you know. And and let's be blunt about this. Without the purpose, you could have all the money in the world. And you'll never have the joy to go with it. Right on. Keep that in mind. I know some extraordinarily wealthy, miserable people. Yeah. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. And but but again, don't let that feed your it has to be that way. It doesn't. No, no, it doesn't. You, know, you don't have to be selfish and take advantage of people. I mean, you know, Doctor Wayne Dyer, he's got a dime or two. And I wouldn't say anybody would call him a selfish person. Really? Much? Neil Dahl and Walsh ain't starving these days either. Just saying. Just saying. You know. 
Just saying. Just yeah, saying. he got rich by stepping into his purpose. In fact, that's what got him off the street, was finally listening to that soul message to get out there and deliver his gift. Right. Absolutely. So don't wait till you're on Absolutely. the street, people. Go go now. Yes. Sign up today. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to. I, I'm just, as soon as we're done the show, I'm actually going to be going to the website and signing up. So right. there you have it, folks. We'll be able to get reports back and all kind of good stuff there. And definitely stop by our website at everydayconnection.me. Uh, as we've been talking, we do this several times a week. We've got some 300 hours of juicy conversations like this just waiting. And uh, we hope you'll enjoy them. We know that you do because we keep seeing the stats, and it's uh, it's wonderful. And sign up for our newsletter. You can do that over there, too. I think we asked for your last name, but... You know, we're rude that way. <laughs> but we won't sell your stuff either. No, 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 no. <laughs> I've been spammed disclaimer, enough. Disclaimer, disclaimer. Yeah, yeah. no. We're you way too do busy do doing the you. show to hardly even get a newsletter out, much less to spam you about anything. <laughs> well, I just thank you again for joining us, Nicola, and all of you in the audience. Thank you so much. Your continued support is... Is really in, encouraging and uh, and delightful, frankly. Yeah. You're welcome. It's been fun. Yeah. It's, but we've we've journeyed the universe in terms of all the concepts that we've spoken about, haven't we? Absolutely. That fun? That's why we like this and conversational. We can do it in Ninety thing. minutes. <laughs> we let we let spirit lead, and the juicy comes. Yeah. Just good. Everything. Good stuff. All right, folks. We'll have a wonderful day, night, evening, as it may be for you, in this now. Join us next time, and until then. To our mother, to each other, and especially to yourselves, stay connected. Have a great now, everybody. Join Jane and Rick again next time. Until then, visit their website at everydayconnection.me and subscribe for news and updates. Stop by their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection and join the conversation. You can also subscribe on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your Everyday Connection. Ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See Jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. 
how do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details.